Hey, Advanced Selling Podcast comrades, Bill Kasky here. Well, we are out today. It's the 4th of July, and we always release on Monday. So we're going to go back into the archives and pull out a podcast that we did a few months ago that was one of our most top-rated podcasts. We hope you'll enjoy that. For those of you who live in the U.S. of A., I hope you are having an awesome 4th of July weekend. And also, I wanted to bring your attention, if you are on our LinkedIn group list, you might have seen this come through. Um, Brian and I were so pleased and honored that Inc. Magazine honored the top 19, why 19, I don't know, the top 19 business podcasts that they said, if you listen to these podcasts, it's the same as getting an MBA. And the Advanced Selling Podcast was on that list. And we appreciate Jeffrey James, the author of that Inc. article. And uh, if you haven't checked that out, go to Inc. and look up podcasts, and I'm sure you'll find it. Here's the show. Talk to you on Thursday. In this episode of the Advanced Selling Podcast, I bring up something that befuddles me with Cialis commercials. Brian talks about his favorite group of all time, someone he's a fan of. And we also talk about things you can do to tweak your performance, marginal things to help you grow your business. I got to do the board and read this thing. Uh, welcome to the Advanced Selling Podcast, the longest running sales training podcast created exclusively for sales professionals to help you create your own sales success. I'm Bill Kasky. I'm Brian Neal. And we'll be your host for today's episode. <laughs> it's all about timing, yeah, isn't it? it the is, DJ it business. Products page on the website, uh, advancedsellingpodcast.com. Go to All In, which is a comprehensive training solution for salespeople. It's an audio program and also yep. Advanced Selling Podcast Resource Toolkit. We've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people who have purchased both of those products over the last year since they came out about a year ago, I think, in February. Yep. So I've had a lot of great uh, great feedback on that. Love that stuff. Hey, uh, we, we had a little episode before we started the podcast today. Travis, our crack producer, offered to go get me a drink. Mm -hmm. Not a drink drink, like an alcoholic drink, but a carbonated drink out of the vending machine. So he went down and I said I wanted to get a Dr. Pepper. So he went down and he, I said diet Dr. Pepper, so I thought he heard Dr. Pepper. Mm-hmm. So he bought a Dr. Pepper, and then he came back, put some more money together, and got a diet Dr. Pepper. This leads me to a trivia question, Bill. It's a music trivia question. Oh. There was a commercial in the 70s for Dr. Pepper that went something like, I'm a pepper, he's a pepper, she's a pepper, you're a pepper, wouldn't you like to be? Remember mm -hmm. that? Mm -hmm. Do you have any idea who wrote that commercial jingle along with several others that you know. Barry Manilow. Good work. Look at you. Well, you went to his concert here last weekend. I did. When was that? I've been to every been concert. Been yeah. every Barry Manilow. He, he was an amazing commercial Wasn't he, though? writer. Yeah. And so yeah. there's a song. I don't know if you know the name of the song. If you're a Barry Manilow fan, and if you're not, and so I just lost about 95% <laughs> of our yeah, listeners. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I'm never listening We're to Brian Neal again. We're trying to build again. this podcast, yeah. by the way. <laughs> we are, not we? I'm a, I'm, a Manilow, I'm a big Barry fan. Um, it's called Very Strange Medley, and it's on his live album from 1977 that I had a copy of when I was a little kid, mm -hmm. um, called Very Strange Medley, and he does a medley of all the commercial jingles that he wrote, and you will be shocked oh, at yeah. how many commercial oh, jingles that. Yeah. that Barry Manilow wrote and performs there in that song, Very Strange Medley. Fun, isn't it? Yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah, he was. Uh, <laughs> we yeah. can make we fun. Should have, well, we should no. We should have had this on a clip. We should have had this on. Maybe on the we cart. can. We should have them put cart. on the cart. Yeah, yeah. I'll have Travis squeeze it in there. First, <clears> that's right. We, so, uh, I have a question for you. Okay. Uh, are you familiar with Cialis? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a little personal <laughs> well, for the podcast. Let me, let me tell you. Should the need question. to ask my wife that. <laughs> Cialis <laughs> is. Um, why would I need Cialis? You should have said. <laughs> uh, you're right. Cialis for I, I assume that's a global. It's a worldwide brand. 
Uh, it's a global problem, so I'm assuming well, it's a global, yeah, yeah. global, global uh, brand. Anyway, yes, Cialis yes. is a uh, – it's – I don't know who – Baxter, I don't know who actually uh, manufactures it, but it's a product that has two core uses. Yes. One is erectile dysfunction. Correct. And the other is uh, needing to go frequently, which is called BPH, but okay. we don't know what it's needed to go for. potty. P, right? You need to go potty, yeah. yeah. Okay, got it. We assume the B stood for um, – what do we assume the B stood for? I'm not sure. I wasn't in this conversation. Uh, we assume the B stood for bladder. bladder. Okay. And P right. stood for P, but it really didn't. P hang up. Right. to do that. So here's a question. In yep. the commercial, yep. and, and you can visualize the commercial. Okie dokie. It opens up with a shot of a yeah, middle-aged couple. Correct. And the VO, the voiceover guy, saying, uh, buy Cialis for erectile dysfunction. And these two people are kind of dancing around the house for, that, yeah. for when that moment <laughs> strikes. And they both look at each other, and they and we all know, oh, what, we all know what's going to happen. Yes. Then it cuts to scene two, which is where the voiceover guy says, it's also good for relieving that <laughs> feeling of having to go. And it shows two people in a movie theater <laughs> who, are, who are looking at each other. And and later in the commercial, they flip, oh, wow. they switch back to My the God. initial couple who right. it, it looks like that, that it's kind of working. Yep. And then they flip to the movie theater <laughs> and these two people are looking finally in each other's eyes, holding each other's hands. And I'm like, wait a minute. He was the guy that had he to was. go in the first scene. <laughs> and so my question to you is, oh. A... Does does it have a dual? So you have to go. Right, so that's right. going to help that, but it's also Correct. going to help the erectile dysfunction. Right. So then you go from having to go to having, having, to, having go. to go, <laughs> having to go to having to so go. What, what am I missing there? <laughs> or is it just well, a filming question where they they weren't paying attention? To can we the... play it out in real life? If <laughs> <laughs> we play the thing out in real life, the commercial looks a little bit different. So guy comes home and he's like, uh, "Honey, I'm <laughs> I'm not even going to say the word, but." Okay, go ahead and take your pill, hon. I'll be in the bedroom. <laughs> okay, fine. Can I just lay here? Sure, fine. Well, that's probably not okay. Anyway, yeah, let's call it reality what it really is because it's not really quite that smooth now, no, is it? And no. if you, um, but we, I just wondered what, how we went from uh, these people needing to go to these people who are now lovers again. It's it just, very, it was kind of an odd Very, thing. very interesting. So when like, you see that commercial, if you have a, uh, if you want to weigh in, we can bring this thing back. We can milk this thing all we year. We could. And maybe Cialis would be interested in advertising on the podcast. <laughs> could be you know a what? podcast. Yeah. So, if they're not, I know who is. Mile IQ. How's that for a That's segment? Good. Huh? That's good. Yeah. Hey, it's tax season here in the United States. I'm not. Is it tax season everywhere? Like when? When do the other countries so. do their taxes? I don't think so. I don't Just think they pay taxes. So, and uh, I am one. You could ask my accountant on my taxes that I uh, putting my stuff together is my least favorite thing to do. Agree, Bill? Take not a good it. thing to Hate do. It. And uh, as a salesperson who owns their own business. I drive around a lot. I have to keep track of my miles. And it's a real pain in the tail to do that. You try to do it here, do it there. You try to keep it all logged. And it's a pain. That pain is now over. From appointments with clients, meetings, errands, all that stuff, you're done. Change your desk. 60 million Americans drive to work. Did you know that? 60 million Americans drive to work. Driving for work is a double-edged sword. Either you're spending too much time tracking the mile, that'd be me, or you're guesstimating and you actually lose money That's when you guesstimate. Problem, yeah. Well, uh, if you're driving for work right now and you're not already my, using MileIQ, then shame on you. You're losing money. MileIQ is the number one mileage tracker app for more than a million Americans who trust MileIQ to automatically, automatically, without doing anything, log their drives every day. MileIQ is the only mileage tracker app that detects, logs, and calculates your drive for you automatically. It's incredibly easy to use and keeps all of your drives securely stored in the cloud. 
This is amazing. The average mile IQ user logs $547 a month in drives. That's over $6,000 a year in miles that you could be claiming that I bet you you are not. It's got a five-star rating in both Google uh, Play and the iTunes App Store. Stop wasting time manually tracking your miles like I have been. No longer am I doing that. Stop losing money that you should be redeeming. Mile IQ does all the work, letting you focus on what's really important. You can download the Mile IQ app for free and just start your free trial right away. Here's what you do. Text SELLING to 31996 to start your 40-drive free trial. Create an account this week and you'll get 20% off an annual plan. Now, remember, standard messaging rates and data rates do apply here. Standard messaging rates and data rates do apply. Go ahead and text SELLING to 31996 to start your 40-drive free trial now. Create an account this week, and you'll get 20% off an annual plan. Go do that now. Text SELLING to 31996. Great product. product. Okay, topic for today. I wanted to talk about the margin. This has been coming up for me in a lot of uh, training sessions. I thought it'd be a good thing to get your perspective on it because I know some of the things I've been talking about to some of my clients. And here's the question. We see sales teams all the time that will um, normalize their performance. So what that means, if you've got a sales team of 25 people, you'll have two or three that just tend to be the high, high performers. And they really will outperform the rest of the pack by a good significant amount. Then you have this kind of 20%, the top 20% to top 5% people. And I'm always curious to know and think about what do those top one or top 5% people do? The 25-person sales sales uh, company, 25-person sales uh, person organization, there'll they'll be one or two of those. And there'll be three to 10 here in this top. Mm-hmm. What do those top two people do differently that's marginal? So not like this big thing yeah, where they do yeah. something totally different, but what, what do they do differently at the margins that you see as a trend that I see as a trend? So I've got... Uh, Three or four things here to talk about. I think you do too. So as a listener, this would be interesting to say, okay, what what do the very, very tip-top performers do at the margins that I may not do? Isn't this the the law of the vital few, or isn't it like the 80-20 principle? Isn't no. that what the context of I it think, is yeah, in a way? And, and even to, to the to the high, that that top five percent. 1090 even, or yeah, 595. Way up there. Yeah, 595. And yeah. even even if you did the 80-20, I'm still asking within the 20 is still that top one or two people that that really substantially outperform. Correct. Even the next, uh, you know, five to fifteen percent. So, yeah, because the uh, if you want to get uh, really weird mathematically, you will do. There's another level of the eighty twenty, which is the eighty percent of the twenty. Correct. So there's um, yes, you and that that's how you get to there's there's one or two people who are doing things that are that where one or two things represent half their absolutely half their yes and killing it. Yeah. Okay. So what do you see that? Um, Yeah, I'll start. Okay. Shall I start? Mm Um, and this is a this is what I'm going to call a selfish answer because I think everyone should do this and it's what I teach and it's what you teach and it's what we espouse here. Is that the right word? Espouse mm-hmm. on the podcast is that they have a codified philosophy for selling. Mm-hmm. They have a codified philosophy. Codified means that it is written down, repeatable. They know what it is and they don't just have a memorized list. They have inside their heart and soul a way that they show up in the sales process. I'm telling you, all those one and two people, they've got that down. They know what it is. They behave it. They believe it. Others try to fake it. They try to like pretend it around it or create it. They have this empty shell feeling. And those those top one or two people mm-hmm. do not. They have a very, very strong codified philosophy that they live by wow. in the sales world. Man, you said a couple of things there that uh, caused me to think. And one is how often, it, let's say you're listening to this podcast and you are one of those one or two people. Yeah. 
because I think a lot of our, a lot of our listeners obviously are high achievers, and it's why they're high achievers because they take time out to grow and to listen to things like this. Yes. How many times have you, if you're one of those high achievers, have you had someone come to you inside the organization and say, "Hey, Brian, man, you're crushing it. Can I can I bar, can I bend your ear for three or four hours someday, take you out to dinner, and and I want to know exactly how you're thinking, what you're doing, how you plan your day." And yeah. I bet the answer is rarely. Rarely. And so one one of those issues here is the person can be doing all the right things, but if nobody's asking them what they're doing, and I know that's not what we talked about for this show, but I would say one of your assignments, if you're not one of the two, or even if you're number two, go to the number one and say, what are you doing differently? Let me tell you how I'm doing it. Let me me hear how you're doing it. And I bet you would learn so much. Hmm. Hiring a coach would be great, but you got all you need right there inside your company. Can I read my number three now? Yeah. You ready? Yeah. They ask the best what they do. Yeah. They yeah. ask the I best what writing, they do. I saw your writing over there. You did. Mm-hmm. Here's what's interesting about that. I just got back from a great um, sales meeting with a great company, new company that I've started to work with, great culture. And uh, we were down in Cancun, which was just mm, gorgeous, nice. right? And they sell, they sell medical, surgical equipment. It's a wonderful culture. And uh, I hang out and hung out with a couple of the top performers. And you know what's funny? They were the ones that, after I spoke, came up to me sure. and said, man, I'm glad you're here. Sure. I've been waiting to get a coach. I've gotten you know, a little stale. And I looked at their numbers. I'm like, stale? You're stale? Yeah, I'm stale. Yeah. I'm really looking to find some new ways. I said, well, what have you done in the past? Well, usually, last year, Rich had a really good year in this deal. So I call him about once a month to find out what he's doing. This is like the top yeah, guy. Yeah. It's it's genetic, yeah. isn't it? What they do, they're always looking for the best to do the to be the best. And what is it about that that's so hard? Because that is a rare. That, that's not. I mean, you don't find that that often. No, and, um, and it's, it's just a it's just a ego, or it's a fear, or it's a yeah. What will they think of me? And yeah. really, you you reaching out and asking for someone's help is as much help to them because they get a chance to codify totally. what they believe. Totally, I mean, they will come out of that saying, "No, I, I'm I, this helped me too." Yeah. There's no, no doubt about it. And they do it back, right? Yeah. And I don't know if people, it's all sorts of reasons. I think it's mostly what you said. It's an ego. It's a fear that I'll be found out, uh, maybe not good enough or whatever. There's also a fear that I'm going to bother the person. Yeah. They think, oh, yeah. I don't want to bug them. They're really busy and they're the number one rep and they don't they don't want to, you know, that's not their job. They'll say that. That's not their job to coach me. It's, I mean, you know what? They love oh, that they stuff. Love they, they love it. Because they learn. They love it because they learn. That's right. right. Interesting. Well, my first one was... Um, a, a version of what you just said, and that is there's this, and we've been talking about this a little bit, the front stage and the backstage. And the front stage is where you're in front of prospects, you're in the market, you're doing your thing, you're speaking, you're webinaring, you're doing whatever. Mm-hmm. The backstage is all the stuff that happens before you get there. Mm. And writing down your philosophy to me would be uh, a backstage element. That's good. But there's others too. Uh, one might be working on your message, working on how you craft your message of yeah. value so that when you show up in an office and somebody says, well, well tell me a little bit about the, the Smith Company, you're not just winging it, rambling from topic to topic. Right. You have a practiced, rehearsed, not a script, but it kind of is a script. It doesn't sound like a script. Yeah. Way to demonstrate and characterize your value. That's a backstage uh, that's a backstage function and action that will pay huge dividends because sometimes what we say is, you know what, when I'm not on the street, when I'm not out on the street, I'm not selling. I'm not, yeah. you know, they pay me to be out there. They don't right. pay me to be out back here at the office working on yeah. my script. And I feel like, no, they do. It's exactly what they pay you for. You're right. And yeah. that's high that's pay so activity. Funny. So you've got philosophy, that's you've got, great. you know, maybe some of your messaging. 
Uh, but you also have planning. A lot of the planning happens backstage. Yeah. Um, I'm getting ready to go out here in two weeks to do a program for a company in California. And, and one of the things the sales leader said is we just don't plan. Yeah. Everything from annual plans to 90-day plans to monthly plans to daily plans, we are a an action organization, which is great. But what if we're doing the wrong actions because mm. we have a plan? So planning is another one of those backstage activities. It's funny you said because it's it came up. The, the, the average people or that next level down people, they think that going around telling everyone how busy they are talking to customers is like a badge of honor. Yeah. And the top people, and we had a conversation about this. These are the people that are, and they're killing their competition. These, these, guys, these guys I talked to were killing it. And they say, sometimes I don't understand why everyone says they're so busy. Because once you get the thing rolling, you can work on the things you're talking about. Bill, yeah. I can sit back and go, and not sit back and don't do anything. You sit no, back and plan and no. do the do the what you call it, back uh, backstage. Backstage, yeah, you said backstage. That's great. And pro, and pro, the real real high performers know how to do that. That's yeah, really cool. You know, we've you've heard me talk about Dan Sullivan before. He has a program called the Strategic Coach, and yep. it's for entrepreneurs. And he says that you ought to be spending one day a week. Yeah. Listen to this: one day a week planning. Wow. And I think that's geez, that's twenty percent. But he said, you watch your life when you plan one day a week. The other three days become so massively more successful. True, isn't it? And yet when you talk about even a day a month to it, to the average leader or salesperson, like, oh, are you kidding me? So a day funny. a month? There's no way. That's Can't what they it. say. They're instantly dismissing yeah. it. Uh, here's one that I noticed that's really tactical, and it's at the margin. And I see it all the time, and I watch it. I hear about it when I'm coaching people on sales calls. And that is that the best performers ask real specifically – for the details in the now and they do stuff now and they do it specifically. So here's a different, here's what I'm talking about. Um, had a client today talking to him. He's uh, kind of talking about um, uh, setting a program up. And I said, do, do we have a contract sign? Well, no, but we've got dates. I said, well, do we have hard dates? No, I'm supposed to get the hard dates this week. Okay. The high performer in that group doesn't leave that sales call yeah, without right. the dates in ink and even sits there on the laptop and says, you know what, while I'm sitting here just to get it out of the way, I'm going to go do the proposal while I'm sitting here. I'll email it to you right now. Dot, 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 type, 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 yeah. type, type. I'm going to email it. You can accept it electronically. Send. Okay, you should have it in your email box. Yeah. Got it? Yeah. And this is, again, this isn't a pushy, closey thing. No. They're going to do a deal. It's after the deal is done. It's done. It's just, and you do yeah. it there because how many times have we left a sales call with a quote-unquote done deal and only to have something come up in between the time we're trying to formalize it with proposal and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Or if customer calls and says, hey, I want to talk about bringing you into my company. The pro jumps on it and says, let's talk right now. Let's go set a date. Let's go. Where someone that's in that 20% might put that off. Yeah. And they might return yeah. that call a day or two later because they were too busy, like you said earlier, working the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. So you're saying that in the now, do do it now do it. instead of waiting because waiting, lots of stuff could happen and Absolutely. get in the way. You yeah. take the risk away. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Here's one I have, and, and I, I like that one that you had there because I think that the highest of high achievers are dialed in so uh, methodically to the problem, to getting the problem mm. on the mm, table versus, oh, you're going to love what I have. Oh, right. man, we solve that problem <laughs> right. every day of the week, my friend. Oh, that's I think that highest achievers are so dialed in. They want to be so crystal clear about the problem that they've been presented with yep. and the implication of the problem. And then ultimately they get to the solution, but they're so 
they're, they're not jumping to the solution. Right. And that, that's, uh, so here's my other one, which okay. kind of fits along with that, and that is this idea of education as a strategy. Oh, I think, yeah, 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 yeah. I think the highest achievers don't see say, selling as the strategy. They see educating the customer. If we make the customer wiser and they become a better customer, a better prospect, and a more knowledgeable one, I really believe they'll be more likely to choose us or we choose them, however that happens. But a lot of times we don't, we fail to educate. We don't, we don't even think about that because we think, oh, that's not selling. That's educating. No, education is a selling strategy. It is. So interesting. The guy who was, who called, they call the, so the name of the company, I'm not going to say because I didn't get permission to, but they call him Mr. The name of the company, the salesperson who's always at the top of the list. I had lunch with him because I want to find out what he's doing, how he thinks. And he's asking me, man, I'm glad you're here. He said, uh, he said, the reason I think I've done so well is because when I first got in this business, it's a technical thing. I kind of started our educational programs here. They do a lot of educational mm-hmm. because I'm the one that sort of spearheaded that. Not because I'm, and he's very humble, not because I'm good. He goes, that was just the best way I knew how to get the people to, to show them what yeah. we did. Yeah. So I created these educational programs for these nurses and these videos. And I'm like, there yeah. it is. Yeah. And there's proof. And I said, it kind of works, doesn't it? He's like, yeah, it kind of does. Yeah. Real humble. Exactly that. In this case, you should see this guy's results. Kills it. Yeah, and so. that's just, I mean, you might say, well, that's a huge change. Well, it's really not. No, it's just it a shift in mentality away from what do I need to do to go tell the sell the customer to how yes. can I bring value to the customer, whether they buy from yes. me or not. Yeah. It's education. They're, the same thing that, that a, a pitch artist puts in the same proposal that they pitch or the PowerPoint is the same stuff that he talks about in the talks about up front. It's just yeah. the format yeah. is the only difference. Yeah. That's, that's the marginal good. change. Good, good. That's really, really good. Yeah, that's a good topic. I, I think let's hear I want to hear from some listeners too. If you have some thoughts on things you do or things you've heard others in your company do that are those marginal, marginally and yet highly effective actions. Let's hear about them. Yeah. Uh, email us if you'd like yeah. to do that, please. Uh, listener at podcast.com and also go to the LinkedIn group, advancedsellingpodcast.com slash LinkedIn. We're uh, well over 6,000 people there and talking and posting your things there. And if you've not uh, done so already or talked to your manager, your VP of sales, your president, you said, hey, this advanced selling podcast is a really cool thing. We like to bring Bill or Brian into or both into the company, uh, shoot us an email, listener at advancedsellingpodcast.com and says, come see me. Put that in the subject line and we'll get you uh, hooked up with the process to have us come live to your uh, company organization or your sales meeting. That's it. We'll see you next time on the latest episode of the Advanced Selling Podcast. See you. Bye.